Welcome to another episode of the MIA All Day Podcast. This is your host, Carlos Ledo. Today, we are going to be talking the 87 Canes as we continue our new segment, Who's the Boss? Making the case for the GOAT in terms of championship teams at the University of Miami. Today, we are making the case for the 87 Hurricanes. Going to give you some stats, some numbers, some storylines as to why this team should be considered the greatest of all time, the greatest championship team of all time at the University of Miami. Let's go. So you can't talk about the 87 Canes without talking about what happened before, right? Leading up to that uh, 87 championship was was a bittersweet departure of Howard Lapipa Schnellenberger. So Howard left the Hurricanes after the 83 National Championship. He was chasing glory with the Houston Gamblers, I believe it was, uh, in the USFL. Or was it a different team? Let's see. But either way... Howard decided to leave Miami um, to chase a more a higher calling at the professional level, or what was considered professional football at that time with the USFL, um, and left behind the team that he had built and, and led to glory at the University of Miami. Um, and, and it was pretty devastating. Um, actually, it was the spirit of Miami. He was going to take over a, a USFL team for, uh, for Miami, which never materialized. Sorry, Howard. Anyway, so there was this long process. Canes go searching all over the country, and they hire the unknown from Oklahoma State, Jimmy Johnson. And J.J. had had a solid career at Oklahoma State, but he was not a world beater. He was not a household name. He was not a guy that people were saying, this is the next up-and-coming big thing. Uh, and you know what? Uh, the, the, the administration in Miami took a lot of flack for that. But... You know what? At the end, we all know how that worked out, right? Well, Jimmy's record at Oklahoma State before taking over Miami was 29-25-3. Again, underwhelming. Not great. Not impressive. Um, Hurricanes fans riding high off that 83 National Championship thought the team could continue to contend because they still had Bernie Kozar, still had a bunch of stars, still had a bunch of star power. And, uh, well, didn't go as planned. Uh, 1985, the Hurricanes laid an egg, finished 8-5. and five. And they lost in the Fiesta Bowl. And that was pretty damaging to the, to, to the onset of the Jimmy Johnson era as people began to question whether or not this was the right move. Not only did they lose five games during 1985 and they lost the bowl game, right? Um, I'm, I'm sorry, 1984. Uh, they lost the bowl game. But there were some memorable losses during that season. And I think you all know what I'm talking about, right? Hale Flutie was one of them. Uh, they got drilled by Florida State 38-3. They ended up losing to Maryland in a huge comeback victory led by Frank Reich, 42-4 eating the Orange Bowl, and they lost the Fiesta Bowl to UCLA 39-37. Um, just some heartbreaking losses. Of course, three of those games could have gone either way. They're losing three in a row at the end to Maryland. Boston College and UCLA was tough. They could have easily have finished 11-2 uh, as opposed to 8-5, but that didn't happen. So Miami fans were pissed off. Uh, they, they were not happy with what happened. And then they headed into year two of Jimmy Johnson looking for some change. In 85, Jimmy Johnson made some changes on his coaching staff. He switched from a 5-2 defense that was held over from Howard Schnellenberger to a 4-3. Switched the offensive velocity a little bit, opened it up a, a little bit more, even more so than under Howard. And it led to good results. Uh, in 85, the Hurricanes finished 10-2. They finished 10-1 in the regular season with their only loss and was an opening loss to Florida, who was ranked fifth at the time, 
35-23 at the Orange Bowl. Now, why is that loss important? Because that will be the last time the Hurricanes lost the Orange Bowl in a very long time, that last loss to Florida. Uh, Heading into the final week of the season, the Hurricanes were ranked number two going into the Sugar Bowl against number eight, Tennessee. And uh, the Hurricanes had some help that day going into the championship game in 85 as the teams ahead of them, or the lone team ahead of them, which I believe was Penn State, ended up losing their bowl game and had a chance. They had a chance to win the national championship. All they had to do was beat Tennessee. So, yes, Penn State lost to Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, and Miami jumped into the Sugar Bowl needing just one victory against Tennessee, who was ranked eighth at the time to end up being national champs. Uh, Miami jumped out to a 7-0 lead, and then Tennessee just molly the Hurricanes, scoring 35 unanswered. Canes lose that 35-7, and the calls for Jimmy's head continue, and the wonders of can he win a big game begin to start pouring all around. We enter the 86th season. All right, this is a year. The Hurricanes are, this could be, I mean, if I do another series, this could be the greatest non-championship team of all time, right? Uh, this this team was 11-0 in the regular season, had a lot of star, star power, averaged 35.8 points per game, third in the country. Uh, defensively, only allowed 12.5 points per game. That was fourth in the country. And they were just dominating teams. They, they, they started off the season with a 34-14 win against South Carolina. They beat the Gators in Gainesville 23-15. They beat number one Oklahoma at the Orange Bowl uh, 28-16. They ended up beating number 20, Florida State, at home as well, 41-23. Then they make the national championship game against number two, Penn State, a true number one versus number two in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, coming off the Heisman Trophy win by Vinny Testaverde, and things do not go the Hurricanes' way. We all know the story. Fatigues, fatigue on the field, Canes lose 14-10 after Vinny's five picks. So heading into 87... Can't say that there was a lot of excitement uh, or at least a lot of hope going into the season that there would be a national championship at the end because the Canes have lost a lot of key players. They lost Vinny. They lost Alonzo Highsmith, Jerome Brown, all of them into the NFL now. And, uh, you know, heading into the season with a brand new quarterback in Steve Walsh and not knowing what to expect. But as it would turn out, this team would gel and gel quickly. Um, the Canes opened up the season against number 20, Florida. And to give you some stats here from this season, for 87, the Miami Hurricanes in 1987 beat six ranked teams. All right. And it started with number 20, Florida at the beginning of the season. Remember, the 83 team only beat three ranked opponents. And one of those ranked opponents was Nebraska in the championship game. So they only beat two during the regular season. This team beat five ranked opponents during the regular season. How almost basically half their schedule, essentially and beat the number one team in the country in Oklahoma in the title game. But we'll get there. So the Canes open up the season uh, at home against Florida. Last time they they would play Florida in a very long time, drubbed them 31-4. to Next week they have number 10, Oklahoma, um, on the road, drubbed them 51-7. to On the road at Florida State, this is the interesting one. This is the game here that pretty much set this team's destiny in stone. Uh, we talk about also, and, and things that we compare here between championship teams is how did they play Florida State that year? How did they do against Florida State? This team came up with a one-point win against Florida State like the 83 team did, but this team did it in very dramatic fashion. As you'll recall, the Hurricanes were down 19-3 in the fourth quarter against Florida State. Um, 
and it was basically a two-possession game going into late in the fourth quarter, and the Hurricanes kept started coming back, cut the lead to 19-11 after Melvin Bratton caught a touchdown pass um, from from uh, Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh to Michael Irvin tied it up. Then they pushed ahead to 26-19, and Florida State wasn't done, though. They came back, they scored, and had a chance to tie the game on a two-point conversion, but that attempt was unsuccessful. They did not recover the onside kick with 42 seconds left, and the Canes ran out the clock and went on to victory. After that, it was pretty much smooth sailing for the Canes, just drilling opponents left and right. Their next ranked game would not come against uh, until uh, November 28th, against number 10 Notre Dame at home, where they would drill the Irish 24 to nothing. They would then face South Carolina at home, who was ranked number eight at the time, beat them 20 to 16, and they were on to the national championship game against Oklahoma. Now, how good was Oklahoma during this time period? Well, in the three seasons from between 1985 and 1987, Oklahoma football, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard the stat before, was 33 and three with a national championship. Their only three losses in those three seasons came at the hands of the Miami Hurricanes. So as great as that Oklahoma team was, and they were fantastic, 33-3, and three, they would have probably won two more national championships. Might have won three in a row if it wasn't for the Hurricanes. Um, and they could have gone undefeated in 1985 when they won their national championship if it wasn't for the Hurricanes. So even though the Canes struggled in 85 and weren't at the level that they normally would be, um, they ended up still beating Oklahoma and nearly costing them a national championship, ruining their undefeated season. And how good was Oklahoma heading into this game, statistically? Well, Oklahoma was averaging 41.1 points per game, ranked number one in the country. They were only allowing 8.5 points per game on defense, number one in the country. Their strength of schedule was not that great. It was 60th in the country, but they were just manhandling people. Um, Oklahoma ended up playing three ranked opponents that season, one of them, the Hurricanes, of course. Uh, they beat number 12, Oklahoma State, 29-10. And they beat number one, Nebraska, 17-7 on the road. Um, they destroyed their rival, Texas, 44-9. They destroyed Iowa State, 56-3 in conference play. They destroyed Kansas State, 59-10. They beat a good Colorado team, 24-6. They ravaged Kansas, 71-10. They were just annihilating people. And, uh, of course, with the Boz... Although he set that one out for uh, steroidal issues. Um, they were expected to be the national champion, even though Miami had had just played in the national title the year before, had a good season, and were going to be a tough opponent. And the, and the Hurricanes were a problem that Oklahoma was yet to solve. And uh, it would continue that way in the championship game as the Hurricanes came out on top 20-14, to 14, winning the, the national championship by six points. The Canes in that season... They averaged 35.8 points per game, which was third in the country, only gave up 12.5 points per game. I'm sorry, I'm looking at 86. 87, the Hurricanes averaged 34.3 points per game, sixth in the country, only gave up 10.4 points per game, second in the country, only behind Oklahoma, and their strength of schedule was 22nd in the country. Um, really impressive stats for this team when compared to the 83 team. Um, their average margin of victory was 23.9 points. Remember, the 83 team only had an 18.4 point uh, margin of victory. The 83 team had a slightly stronger strength of schedule at 15 as opposed to the 87 team, which was 22nd. Um, but their, their offensive defensive ranks were extremely impressive. Uh, they had some great players. They had 12 players drafted off of this team immediately in the draft immediately following the championship. 
which included, you know, Benny Blades and the playmaker in the first round. And, and you had just a ton of guys on this team, um, on a team that felt disrespected, with a coach who felt disrespected, heading into a season that wasn't expected to come away with a national championship again. Like in 83, they weren't they weren't as uh, big underdogs as they were in 83, but they were underdogs in the sense that nobody expected them to win the big game after they had failed uh, to beat Tennessee in, in eighty in the eighty five season and lost to Penn State in eighty six and just had been so close to to the mountaintop the previous two years and just had not been able to get over the hump, but they did it this time and the Canes became champs in eighty seven. Um, so, what else do we look at here to tell you about what this team was all about? So, as far as the stats were concerned, not a a, a huge statistical season for the Hurricanes. Um, in terms of their their output, the you know Steve Walsh was great, um, really good quarterback. He was steady, he was efficient, but he wasn't Vinny Testaverde in terms of the numbers he put up. Only threw for twenty two hundred forty nine yards, nineteen touchdowns, seven interceptions, with a one thirty eight point eight rating. Warren Williams had six hundred seventy three yards rushing, five touchdowns. Melvin Bratton rushed for four seventy three and nine touchdowns. Leonard Conley added another four hundred twenty three and four touchdowns. So they spread it out pretty good at the running back position. The receivers, Michael Irvin, the playmaker, 715 yards, six touchdowns. Brian Blades, 394 and five touchdowns. Melvin Bratton, out of the backfield, 364 and two touchdowns. Warren Williams, also out of the backfield, 309 and a touchdown. So they spread the ball around a lot on offense. And defensively, of course, you had Benny Blades with five interceptions. You had a bunch of these guys that were just absolute studs on this roster that uh, are Hurricane legends to this day. The starting offense, you had Steve Walsh, a quarterback, Melvin Bratton, Warren Williams, Charles Henley, Henry, a tight end, Brian Blades, Michael Irvin, Matt Patchen, Mike Sullivan, Bob Garcia, Scott Proven, and John O'Neill. Defensively, you had the Hawk, Bill Hawkins, Greg Mark, Derwin Jones, Daniel Stubbs, Rod Carter, George Myra Jr., Randy Shannon, Tolbert Bain, Bubba McDowell, and Benny Blades. Just a great team, a great group of guys. And we look at the coaching staff now, to compare to that 83 championship team as 83 had some really impressive guys. When we talked about, you know, obviously Howard, Tom Olivadotti, Gary Stevens, Hubbard Alexander, all those guys, Mark Tressman, guys that we talked about before, but this team uh, had some great coaches as well. So Dave Wanstatt was a defensive coordinator for Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Gary Stevens stayed as the offensive coordinator. Hubbard Alexander was still there. You had a guy by the name of Butch Davis as the defensive line coach uh, for that 87 team. A guy by the name of Dave Campo, coaching DBs, would end up being the defensive coordinator for Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, for so long under Jimmy Johnson, uh, winning titles. Joe Brodsky, another guy who's had, got monster NFL experience. Donnie Saldinger was a tight end coach, a Miami mainstay down here, legendary coach of Southridge Senior High. Tony Wise, another great offensive line coach, and his assistant offensive line coach was Art Kehoe. And the famous strength coach, Bill Foran. Uh, just a great group of guys, a great team. And based on these numbers, you can see that uh, the 87 team took things to a different level from that 83 team. The 83 team, you could say, where they were the lovable, lovable underdogs. They were the guys that everybody was rooting for, that nobody expected to win. And, and just you know shocked the world with that win against, uh, against Nebraska in the championship game. Whereas this 87 team... They were, uh, you know, the team that underachieved for so long. 
you know, for two straight seasons, they had shots in national championships and couldn't come up with a victory. They had a disappointing 84 season coming off the national championship in 83. And they just became a team that nobody expected to be able to get over the hump. They saw Jimmy Johnson as a guy that couldn't win the big one, that couldn't match Howard, that had to live in Howard's shadow forever. That would never be able to match the success that Howard Schnellenberger had at Miami. But they were wrong. And they should have won another one in 88, except for that false fumble call on Cleveland Gary at the goal line against Notre Dame. But we'll, we won't get into that. We'll get, we'll, we'll, maybe we will in the next one when we talk about the 89 team. But to me, this 87 team uh, really set the bar for what championship teams should look like for the Miami Hurricanes. It was an undefeated season, unlike the 83 team. They were 12-0. Um, they wrecked their rivals as they they, uh, they they beat down Florida 31-4 to open up the season, squeezed by Florida State in heartbreaking fashion, 26-25. You know, that's always a good thing when you can break the hearts of the Seminoles. And destroyed Notre Dame 24-0. And, of course, beat Oklahoma 20-14 in that championship game. So spinning out of that, we, we have, you know, the success of uh, those players that were on that team like a Michael Irvin in the NFL, Steve Walsh ends up getting drafted, you know, uh, Brian Blades, Benny Blades, all these guys spun out of this team and uh, really made their marks in the NFL, building off of what that 83 team had done and really building off what the 86 team had done. The 86 team had laid that foundation with Jerome Brown and Alonzo Highsmith and those guys, and they just wanted to bring it all to a head. And, you know, it was great to see that happen for those guys, you know, after being here from the start, guys like Melvin Bratton, um, <clears throat> Brian Blades, Benny Blades, guys who had, who had worked from the outset from Howard's time to now to bring an additional championship home um, and, and overcome those shortcomings that they had during those uh, early Jimmy Johnson years. So the 87 Canes, what do you think? Are they the greatest? Are they better than the 83 team? Which team deserves more love? Does the 83 team deserve more love because they weren't expected to win? They came out of nowhere. This was the first time the Hurricanes jumped on the national scene in terms of contention. Or does 87 deserve the love ahead of 83 just because of the way they did it um, in terms of dominating teams, winning six games against ranked opponents, beating uh, the juggernaut of the time, Oklahoma, in the championship and being the only squad uh, to basically beat them in that in the mid 80s. Uh, so what do you guys think? Let me know. Send me some tweets. Send me some comments. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with the 89 team at some point. Hopefully soon. Go Canes.